hello. Hey. Okay. What's going on, Miss Salty Coffee? There's an echo. Okay. You have me on your phone. Mm-hmm. Say what? Where's that music come from? I have no idea. That's my um phone. <laughs> that's my phone. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, November twentieth. November twentieth, twenty twenty two, and it is nine p.m. Eastern time. I'm all the way from New York. I am Salty Coffee, the host. Oh, well, I'm Wanda, the host of Salty Coffee. How's everyone doing today? Let's see if Icon got his echoing off. Microphone check one, two. Am I echoing? Uh, I can hear myself. So you may want to. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. I hear you on both sets. Of... Okay, so you're going to yeah. have to. Just turn the volume off on the phone. Gotcha. Um, because once uh, the stereo app uh, audience comes in and leave a message, we will then go ahead and proceed in um, putting it on here on the live. So how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm at the house, a little relaxed, got work tomorrow, so, you know, I'm trying to get a little rest a little later. I did sleep a little bit, but, you know, rest is always good to rejuvenate the mind. But how are you? I'm great. So um, I do have. I do have um, a sign up there. Welcome to uh, Outside the Box. Uh, host Icon and Salty Coffee. So. So that you don't get confused, Icon, people can still hear us. So okay. Feel free to just have a conversation. Absolutely. Um, we've been talking um, because we have, uh, in conversations, it came up that, you know, I didn't realize this until probably 15 years in that the organization and the school that I work for um, I'm still echoing, but I think it's from your computer. Do you have your headsets on on your on your computer? Yes, I do. But can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, because I can hear myself too. Okay, it's just a small echo. Um, so I I didn't realize until like 15 years in that the place that I worked for used to be an asylum. Um, the name of it was the Bloomingdale Insane Asylum. And there is still a building left called Buell Hall in that um, campus, on the campus. And I thought it would be interesting to do some history. I've, I've gone into the library mm-hmm. online just to check check it out, see what it was, what, you know. Fortunately for me, I do have access to view the information. And I um, thought it was interesting how the budget 
um, what people were getting fed, what practices were in place at the time, who was admitted, how often, um, how many people, the number of people admitted versus the people who actually were quote unquote cured or um, I guess past the, you know, they made it better for them. Um, but we can get into those details later on. But in conversations with you, um, since we've met, we've come to some kind of agreement that the, based on outside the box conversations, mm -hmm. we've identified the truth, the lies, and the power within asylums and the healthcare, what we call mental health care institutions mm -hmm. today, which where they, they do call them, um, uh, what is it, psychological facilities or something like that? Mental mm -hmm. health. Mental facilities. health facilities. Yeah. Psychiatrics. Psychiatric. Uh, psychiatric, yeah. So I thought also that it was important for us to have the conversation because within our multiple conversations about our daily lives, we mm -hmm. also agree that most of the social construct and the indoctrination of systems within the United States we've um we can agree that there are positives and negatives within the social construct and, and the document correct so the history of asylums um the first asylum created or built or whatever people want to call it was in 1775, I believe, in Virginia, Williamsburg, Virginia. And the, the concept was uh, originally goes way back to, what was it that we said? Um, in Cairo? Yeah. Like. During the Egyptian times? Yeah, during the Egyptian times. So mm -hmm. the, 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 the practices were actually way before um, we can imagine even documenting the stuff. But um, it also originated in England, um, which, uh, of course, was, again, to control people who were not following what may be considered guidelines or laws or, you know, um, when we go through the list of why people would be in an institution, um, we can see how why, how and why there was the need to do more studies because they realized that many years in some of the practices that were being in place actually didn't work, didn't mm. work for, in, in fact, um, it actually created more chaos and, and more um, hospitals and more facilities of what we call today prison, which we'll talk about mm -hmm. later. Absolutely. So what what um we also are going to be uh discussing the psychological warfare and brainwash um within the structure of asylums and um health care facility mental health care facilities. 
So what what have you <coughs> excuse me? Mm-hmm. What have you thought about <coughs> asylums and and listening to the stuff as we read through it and ask ourselves, well, what about that? And thought it was interesting. And and we decided to just go with the flow with the conversation mm-hmm. and not so much um excuse me, and not so much um feed into like how to get the details, but mm-hmm. a flow of conversation where we can just ahead and hit it well um to answer your question first of all uh hello to everybody out there in the streamland i salute to all of you that took the time to come out to join us and on outside of the box um i'm going to get right into a salty's question uh as far as what i think about asylums you know in my brief study and get more in-depth information as we've been having our conversations about this and a lot of the information that you've pulled up in in my own research and understanding of what that is. These asylums, these test sites for uh, psychological purposes or psychological warfare purposes to enact and inflict other things upon the masses of the people, these were test sites and they they was created and put together, uh, which we're gonna find out tonight, some of the things that they considered to be the justification for putting somebody in one of these dark places, one of these treatment centers, where they're gonna push the mind to almost complete insanity uh, to, to collect data and different things of this nature so that they can deploy what we call psychological warfare on the masses of the people. So um, that's what I think about asylum. This is another form of prison um though uh because they they do have lockdown uh methods that they have to do for these type of people that's put in these places to not be a harm to uh uh, society and what have you so the structure the way that it is it's going to be very similar to what one would understand a prison to be as you said which we're going to get into and show how the transition from asylums from a psychiatric institution how it was formulated and fused into a a prison industrial complex type situation so um on stereo app we have tt hello tt how you doing tt what's up sis hello tt sorry i muted myself because we are on youtube twitch and facebook um feel free to click on icons webpage and you can find us there um, but we have two messages. Thank you, Titi, for stopping by. Salute. Already. Appreciate you. Already. 
<laughs> she funny. <laughs> that country twang, got that country twang on that thing. Okay, huh? Already, but yeah, in the classroom we are uh, today. I think Salty has put together a uh, another great episode, very informative. So let's get into it, Salty. Let's do what we do. So let's tell Titi. Um, what were the reasons between 1864? And 1889 in the Bloomfield Asylum for the Insane, what would be the reasons for being admitted? And we're going to go, it's a lot of them. Um, it's a long list, but we're going to go over them. And then the ones that really trigger us to 2022, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about how um, those specific reasons of why someone will be admitted is uh what we consider positive and negative programming or the social construct of indoctrination absolutely um, and how it has caused the psychological warfare and brain war mm -hmm. so absolutely. um and enter intemperance <laughs> sorry mm. and business trouble Yes, that would be a reason for you to be admitted in an asylum back in 1864 and 1889. Kicked in the head by a horse. Mm. Hereditary predis predisposition. Stop right there. Stop right there. That Read that again. Hereditary predisposition. Now, I, I want us to come back to this one that third one because it's dealing with hereditary this is a close look at races of people or classified races of people um the mechanisms of growth their um their, their whole uh, uh 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 structure of mentality mind genetic coding and the whole nine plays a big part and how psychological warfare is going to be initiated in here. So listen to that. They would admit you into an insane asylum for hereditary. Remember that word, hereditary, and we're going to touch that. Go ahead, Salty. I'm sorry. I was hitting the wrong button for the mute. <laughs> Okay. I was hitting my picture trying to unmute it, but I apologize. So, and I was writing the hereditary predisposition. Mm -hmm. Ill treatment by husband. Uh. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Imaginary female trouble. Uh. Hysteria. Immoral life. Which is interesting because immoral to who, in what capacity, you know what I mean? Like, this is 1864 mm -hmm. to 1889. Imprisonment. Mm. Jealousy and religion. Mm. Laziness. Marriage of son. Masturbation and syphilis. Masturbation for 30 years. Medicine to prevent conception. Which we thought it was interesting because 
people mm. think uh contracept uh Concept. contracept, yeah was mm-hmm. <laughs> was it's new and apparently it's not absolutely not um menstrual deranged no idea what that would mean but i guess P- what we call today pms cramping mm-hmm. mental excitement novel reading <laughs> which i would think would be <laughs> Would you consider that to be like uh, watching porn today? Novel reading? Yes. Okay, in the traditional sense of what a novel is, it would be a book uh, with a variety of different uh, stories, right, compiled together, whether that's drama or romance or whatever the case may be. I'm just still trying to figure out how would that even be associated with any kind of a reason to admit somebody into an insane asylum. Because I do think that those novels, according, by the time 1864 and 1889, I would have believed that that's what it was, you know, entertainment, Mm. if you will. We have a message, so remind me that we stopped that novel reading, but we have a message. Okay. Bro, you sound kind of far away. I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you. Thank you, TT. And if, if I hope, hopefully, you can hear me now. If you can, uh, please just send another message. Uh, try to talk up a little bit right into this microphone. I do apologize if my voice is is not coming in as strong, but I think the mics are all <laughs> up. So, so he, do you have the phone on speaker? And then you have the mic for the computer, the laptop? Well, actually, I have my phone out the way because I tried to turn it all the way down, but it don't appear like it want to go all the way down to where you can't hear the volume, and I didn't want the echo to affect. Uh, okay, now we, can, now we can hear you better on stereo. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's go. We stopped that novel. Uh, Opium Habit, Mm -hmm. which we know most of them were from um, military. Uh Overaction of the Mind. Overstudy of Religion. I thought that was very interesting. Because I would like to know which religion. Yeah, because they never, they didn't say... um, I would speculate, and this is pure speculation, that um, it will be a study of all religions because you have what they call fanatics, um, those those ones that get so interested in religion to where they kind of lose. There's like a separation of what's real and what's imaginary, if, if, if you will. So and again, this is pure speculation. It's just what I'm gathering, just using common sense. Um, all religions, all religions have people that are fanatics or those that go past certain lines. So I could see how they would would put that there and try to use that as a uh, uh, a justification to admit somebody into an insane asylum. Not saying that it's it's the right thing to do, but 
and all these things that you're describing on this list, which is some of the stuff is so outsane and crazy for the reasons, but they cover all their bases for these test subjects, which I'm going to talk about a little bit. These test subjects to be able to have access to them at will. Because think about some of the stuff that you've said thus far that they can say, hey, this is the reason why we're going to put this person here to evaluate them and, you know, the little stuff they're going to say out in the front, but really get people back there and really start doing a number on their on they mind. Go ahead, Salty. Overtaxing mental powers. Parents were cousins. Mm. Periodical fits. Tobacco and masturbation. Political excitement. Politics. That's interesting. Mm. Hmm. Excuse me. Religious enthusiasm. Fever and loss of lawsuit. Oh, really? I knew that was going to catch you. Fits and desertion of husband. This one was interesting to me. Asthma. Hmm. And you know how the environment was back in in 1864. And this is in New York, by the way. Mm -hmm. So the asylum was in New York. Um, This particular asylum that we're reading, the reasons why people were admitted, um, were the New York Hospital, which is now a campus. The entire uh, facilities was moved over to the Bronx. um, But it was... Um, where the the current college and university is located now. Bad company. Bad habits. Bad habits. You're gonna have to mute um, one of the, one of the two. Icon. Okay. Um, let me know, um, when you want to speak. Okay. 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 Yeah, no. All right. I'm going to go over the list. I don't know why it's echoing. Um, but, uh, let's see. Asthma, bad company, bad habits, and political excitement, bad whiskey, bloody flux, brain fever, Business nerves, congestion of brain, do you have something to say about congestion of brain? Nothing other than the fact that congestion of brain could affect one's um, uh, psyche because that's trauma to your brain. So. I kind of, I mean, with common sense, I kind of can see why okay. your brain swole or something going on with your brain where it it uh, messes up your equilibrium or your ability to think correctly or something like that. That could pose a problem in their construct. Uh, so I can see why they put that there. 
Death of Sons in War. Decoyed into the Army. Deranged masturbation. Desertion by husband. Dissolute habits. Domestic affliction. Domestic trouble. Dropsy. Egotism. Epileptic fits. Excessive sexual abuse. Excitement as officer. Exposure and hereditary. Exposure and quackery. Exposure in army, which um, you we were going we spoke about that about the military. Um, it talks a lot about how, from what we read, it it speaks a lot about um, the seamen, the people who came back from any war, particular war, fighting fire, suppressed masturbation, suppressed of menses, the war. Time of life. Okay, you're echoing. Uterine uh, derangement, venereal excesses, vicious vices, woman trouble, superstition, shooting of daughter, smallpox, snuff eating for two years. Spinal irritation, gathering in the head, grief, gunshot wound, hard study, rumor of husband murder, salvation army, seduction and disappointment, self-abuse, sexual abuse and stimulants, sexual uh, derangement, false confinement, Feebling, uh, feebleness of intellect fell from, <laughs> <laughs> fell from horse in war, female disease, and dissipation of nerves. So those were some of the, um, a list of the reasons for admission for the Bloom, Bloomingdale Asylum, which was uh, an asylum that is from the New York Hospital in New York City, and these were the reasons of why people would be admitted between 1864 to 1889. Mm. Um, the asylum is was located at that time in the what we call now the Columbia University campus. And yeah, so let's get into it. Let's get into... Um, we talked a little bit about what that was, what uh, the care was. Um, I have documentation of. We read we read over what the foods what foods were given, and we read over the documents of the reports of what New York Hospital their budget, um, what people were being fed, um, how much money they spend, how many people were admitted, how many people lasted for the whole year. Um, how many people passed away, how many people recovered, how many people were improved, um, not improved, how many people died, um, how many people remained at the end of that year, and then the average number from 1849 to 
1867 just on this one report. And we were discussing how it was interesting because the number of people who were admitted at a particular year, that number changed throughout the whole year. Um, so like for instance, in 1849, there were 90 people admitted, 90 patients admitted, but the whole number during the entire year was 214. The whole number of whole number discharged and died was 111. The number of people who recovered were 44. The number of people who improved were 33. The number of people who did not improve were 13. The number of people who died were 21. So the number of people remaining that year was 103. So out of the 214 that they had that whole year, only 103 remained. So we were we were discussing like, you know, we know that people document things and run reports based on data to ensure that they get funded, right? Because that's how we look at it, to make sure that right. they continue um, getting funding from legislators, people, the elites, people who have the money for the research, whether that be from another country or from this country um, themselves. But um, in addition to what we discovered reading through the documents, we also um, acknowledge and agree that this is still going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. This was in Absolutely. 1849, and we just call it different things. We, ca we call, um, some people say a psych ward, some people say the mental health um, industry or psychiatric um, institution. Um, but one thing is for sure that we can say today is um, we also found articles because Icon really wanted to share this and talk about it. Of This is really what we call today prisons. Absolutely. <laughs> so we have one message. We're going to play. Hi, uh, Life is the 360. How are you? Welcome. Salute to you, Life. Mm -hmm. And Titi, thank you for hanging in there. Hold on. To me, it sounds to me like they was just people in, in the asylum. What the fuck? What? I'm gonna lock you away because I think you're cheating on me. What the fuck? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, based on the, um, whatever reason they felt, these people were. That's coming against the law. His observation and a great point. That is a great point, but that goes mm -hmm. to show you why some laws were created mm -hmm. after that. And and if it was a if if you getting admitted to a mental institution because you were deranged for what was one of them about husbands? Desertion of husband. Meaning your husband on deserted you. Right. I think that's what you're talking about. Right. Um, you may have to mute your 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 side um, when I'm playing the messages. Sorry, Icon. 
I think it's worse now. Um, you get a headache. They're putting you in in the um, psych ward. Word. You stressed out? Psych ward. But um, keep it going, guys. Um, what's up, salty coffee? What's up, Python? Uh, thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think it is. I think it is worse now. Um, we have a little small video, but <laughs> Icon is having difficulties over there. It's okay. This is our first time doing stereo and a live on YouTube, Twitch, uh, and Facebook live if you go to his website you'll be able to see what we're showing and the photos that we're showing and we're sharing the documents on there but um icon you can go ahead and talk a little bit about oh he's gone he left <laughs> yeah it's becoming a problem i can't i can't deal with that the echo and, and trying to stop that because it's stopping it's preventing us from moving through this um okay so, this we, information. so they can hear you still on the platform, so that's fine. From here. Okay. So let's okay, get you one in the chamber and we'll get into it. Okay. Uh what is your Twitch, Salty Coffee, or whoever has Twitch? If you go to Icon's webpage, the Twitch account is there. And the icons webpage is if you click above on stereo app, you'll find it there. I think she made it already. Um, but for people who don't want to subscribe to Twitch, you can always go to the website. And that's just easier for people instead of getting an account and stuff like that. So um, tell us, Icon, a little bit more about uh, the transition. You wanted to follow up with hereditary predisposition. Yeah, I want to get to that in a second. And I want to kind of like, like, okay, bring this thing full circle. Okay, why we're bringing up asylums, why we're bringing up uh, health care, especially when it comes to mental health, um, and also the placement of these people that obviously someone come up with the great idea that they can look at anybody with any kind of situ in any kind of situation upon any kind of circumstance and say hey this person is deranged or this person needs to be admitted to an insane asylum for what some of the stuff that you just read was so outrageous right why how can you determine if somebody's crazy because um because they was eating bread too fast like like that's ridiculous you understand what i'm saying but it does put you in the mind frame of these places being test sites, right? To really go inside of a person's mind or push them to the edge or to the brink of insanity for the purposes of collecting data. Because I want to talk a little bit about psychological warfare and what's being played on us every day. Thus the whole creation of outside the box. Because some of the stuff that we don't we don't recognize. We're actually walking around out here um, at varying degrees of mental illness as is. And we're looking at the condition out here. We're looking at all of the corruption, the violence, whether that's violence, uh, domestic violence against women, against children, 
against men, uh, these unnecessary murders that's occurring in, in gang activity, all right, the dissolution and breakdown of marriages and relationships, okay, the total break away from reality to where we're not even understanding what the natural order of things are. And let me read something to what psychological warfare involves. First and foremost, when you're dealing with anything that says psyche, that's dealing with your mind. The way you perceive things, the way that you understand things, the way that you comprehend your psyche. What 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 things that you have computed that trigger you every day to go about your daily function in life. That's dealing with your psyche. So when we say psychological, we know we're going to be talking about some stuff going on that's pertaining directly to your mind and to my mind because it's psychological warfare these are tactics these are maneuvers that you that you train and condition soldiers in to go in and act a particular thing on an opponent or enemy psychological warfare meaning that you're going to have strategic things that you're going to try to do to advance and overcome the enemy and it has a lot to do with getting so a uh, uh, positioning of mind meaning I got to, I think my opponent be able to get in and conquer right and take over so that's what we're dealing with now here is um what is considered psychological warfare the planned use of propaganda and other psychological operations to influence the opinions emotions tools and behavior of opposition groups. Let me read that again. The planned use. When you say something is planned, it means somebody don't side down or a group of individuals don't side down. They have come up with a, a curriculum. They have come up with methods. They have come up with all of the components that they need, right, to use propaganda. Most of our propaganda is coming well through social media, through the news. Uh, uh, sites that we see through movies, through music, okay? The planned use of propaganda, information that misleads, misdirects the people to push an agenda of a person or a group of individuals that have common interests, okay? And other psychological operations to influence, again, through our media, through our music, through our news, and through each other based upon the conditioning and the training and the education that we received upon this construct, right, that gives us these negative programming mentalities because of influence that we can't even see and discover the positive programming that will lead us into a better, a better field. So, and also it says um, emotions, attitudes, behaviors of opposition groups. We also, when you're dealing with psychological warfare, Again, you have opposing groups. In this world right now, what we have is those that are striving to live right, those who ain't. And based off the positive and negative programming, we're looking at a world right now where if you say love, you really couldn't even understand what that means because you see so much hate in the world. Okay? So for those who see and, and have a greater understanding or consciousness or more tied to truth, that they tapped into their humanity and they're not out to steal, rob, kill, pillage, disrespect, or do any of those things. When those people start to rise up, 
use these platforms to say to people, there's another way. Somebody's benefiting from the way that we're living with all this chaos. Somebody's benefiting. Somebody's making money. Somebody's making laws to do what? Keep the masses of the people down. So every day we're being, we are being victimized by psychological warfare that started when we was born. When they initiated us into the school system, preschool, kindergarten, and coming on up, we was already being further conditioned to do what? Fit within a system and a construct that benefited the corporate structure of what we call America and those that control its, um, that controls its systems of things that we are ushered into like sheep. That's what we're talking about today, the psychological warfare. And on top of that, though, when we talk about prison, it, it has been known and it has been said when Salty start doing the numbers on what it costs to house these people, you're going to understand what I'm about to say. When you start closing down these psychiatric centers and spots like that, the asylums as, as they were, you had to have somewhere to place to place these people. One of the places, and I'm just saying one, one of the places that has been has become known as one of the biggest stations of warehousing of mentally ill people, right? According to their construct and according to their standards, which we heard the long list of some outrageous things, they started redirecting these people and placing these people in the jailhouses and the prisons of America. Because with the prison system, you have psychiatric, right, departments. But people are being actually given, given medication to deal with the many forms of illnesses that they have. Others, they redirect other places. We have people that's actually out in the streets right now that's not getting any type of medical treatment for this but extreme forms of mental of mental health that would have been in one of these places to get them help if that's what they were really doing. I believe these were test subjects, but they walk in the streets of America. There's some of the people that we call homeless or the bombs. Or there's some of the people that look that look just like me and you, and you think they straight. They got all they bears about themselves, but they are mentally deranged and broke down. So what does that have to do with me and you, with our children, with our community? These particular things that they do on the psyche to, to instill fear, to have a measure of control, to do to do test uh, operations to see how the body uh, performs a certain type of medication, which we know pharmaceutical companies are sure about interesting. Underlining of all of this here, we're going to find out that when they use the mass of the people as test subjects, we're going to discover why it's in their best interest to take every little thing that they can find to make us think we crazy when in turn, that's just the construct. That's just another way of mind manipulating, mind securing and capital it's it's citizens which they look at as sus as uh subjects to their many tests and trials 
If they can push the mind of these institutions, they can collect data. They collect data. These people represent every person that's outside in this so-called free world. Go ahead, Sarge. I'm going to lay my plane right there. So one of the um, the question that we had is, are prisons the new asylums of the USA? We do have a message on Stereo app. So we're going to play that message now, and then we'll get into uh, MSNBC, do, uh, not documentary, but an article on their website about that particular question. And it was a report that they made. Uh, this is very, very, very important to me, the subject. Um, I talk about this in my novel. Um, and I also talk about it in articles that I write. Um, so you guys are very um, important uh, that we talk about um, homelessness um, as well, um, because um, uh, there is a misdiagnosed of these individuals, um, especially in New York City. Uh, but keep it going, guys. Uh, very and um, I appreciate you guys talking about it. Life is 360. Life is 360. Appreciate you, 360. Thank you. So on the uh, prisons are the new asylums of the U.S. report. Um, this report was written in 2014. Um, I'm not sure why we can't find a new one. <laughs> Um, but I'm sure it's out there, and and I encourage everyone to go ahead and look at that. But um, the report released Tuesday by Treatment Advocacy Center found that state prisons and county jails, jails house approximately 356,268 people with mental illnesses, while state mental hospitals only hold 35,000. The disparity is also a nationwide problem. Only six states have psychiatric hospitals with more people in them than a prison or jail. So just with that alone, um, if you are watching on Twitch or the website, Icon's website, I'm going to post uh, the article so that people can view it. And it just shows you the map of 44, 44 states and D.C. have at least one prison or jail holding more individuals with serious mental illnesses than the largest psychiatric hospital. And that's a report from MSNBC. Um, Icon, um, you wanted to talk a little bit more because we only have 10 minutes. Uh, we, we made it. We just want to. Um, capture this, uh, what we found in just having just basic conversations between ourselves. And when I discovered that uh, the university, so we also in reading, we discovered that many of the, the asylums that were previous were made into colleges and institution. Um, so now not only are you no longer treating quote unquote people for their mental illnesses 
like novel reading, <laughs> but um, you're also sort of kind of documenting how students also function um, to learn more about these things. Um, but go ahead, Ika. I want I want to say this here uh, as we approach the back end. Um, you really when you really look at the science of what's happening in these institutions, schools and prisons are one and the same. The asylum itself or the psychiatric uh, institutions, they are like prisons also. But the question is, why people? right to the brinks of these forms of insanity that they can't cope with reality that we can't cope with reality or what pushes the mind or the mind right or your thoughts could actually formulate that here's something wrong and even though i know it's wrong or it's detrimental or whatever the case may be in a negative but i'm gonna entertain it anyway i'm gonna use it anyway i'm gonna partake it in Anyway, what should the brain to not understand the reality or make the connection? That's what this is all about. The same aside, there's so much more information that Sarty could give, but of course I was having some te technical uh, difficulties over here. But there's a plethora of information on the breakdown of how they utilize this hill and how it's actually affecting the people in society. The taxpayers also, and how these companies and how the, the way the system has been constructed for that one percent, those who are the power brokers, to maintain their level of power and control over the masses of the people. What's driving the people to these forms of insanity? Are we really test subject? Are they? Are they? Are they using us as guinea pigs? Think about it. Look at the world that you live in. Then take a look at yourself and ask yourself, am I really connected to reality? Do I really comprehend things where I don't blatantly just do stuff that's detrimental to my own health, my own mind? Am I participating off of that structure out in society where I'm affecting somebody else's life? Because that's what it seems to be. The masses of the people of us, again, will the indoctrination, the brainwashing to ideals that's foreign from nature, which me and Sully discovered when we was dealing with the whole natural setup of things within the confines of the construct, these social constructs that we fall up under. Okay? So that's what the bottom line is. The people that they're testing or running through these institutions, right, they're doing firsthand investigating and examinations for data purposes to do what? Understand how to manipulate and control everybody that's in these communities that work against itself. Every community that I've seen thus far, even when we try to do what we call acts of kindness or good deeds, those good deeds never outweigh or trump all of the atrocities that we see every day. And the question is, why is that? We're not smart enough to overcome the those things that cause us to participate in things that's detrimental to self and others. A 
Are we not courageous enough to be able to stop the onslaught of other things that's happening outside of ourselves in our community with our children, our young people, and elders who seem to be scared to death now who don't done their dirt? We're talking about all these different forms of insanity or all these different forms of things that cause the mind to have a breakdown or disconnect from truth that we can't even have peace in this world. No peace within self, no peace without of self. That caused us to be haters of each other, gossipers of each other, backbiters of each other, selfish towards each other, never having no true connection to have any unity, showing no loyalty, but participating and using any platform that we can get to become the people to say, hey, we got it right. When the whole world around us is falling to pieces. We got to think outside of the box. Every day we get up, there's something going on in social media that's playing to our psyche. And when you really stop and examine social media today, take note of how many things that you see that is not conducive to growth and development in a positive way. And take note of the things that you see that's absolutely destroying the psyche and breaking us down to where we lower than the animals of the field. It is safe to say, from my vantage point, you're going to soon discover, if you haven't already discovered, that there is something absolutely going wrong inside of the minds of the people that they can't even see, that we're killing our own selves, and we're paying somebody to help kill us, and they'll sit back wanting to kill us and exercising every measure of power and control on us daily because the masses of the people do not know. These are things to think about. How they differentiate between what's crazy and what's not crazy. Because think about this. If you have an opponent, it's easy to take one of these things from that list that she said and lock up leaders. How many leaders that we know don't went to prison, went to jail, they call crazy and whatnot. Don't they, haven't they done this in history? Don't they still continue to do that? Think about the leaders, the men and women who rise up, the Dr. Sabies and all these different people. Think about this stuff. Why aren't there an outcry of people to defend these men and women that's trying to connect us to truth? Where is the outcry of the people? Well, when you brainwash and indoctrinate somebody and you give them a set of ideas that's foreign to anything that's natural, you form and shape them into what you want them to be, there is no outcry. There's only complaining. There's only selfishness. My God. Well, your God. My color. Well, your color. All this competition again up under this construct that put that pit religious people against each other. That pit political people against each other. That pit uh, uh, social classes of people against each other. You live on this town, that person live on that town. What's really going on? And they're using us in these institutions, in this corporate construction. They feed off of this ignorance that they have imprinted into us. And we're out here 
actively participate. Many people, not a, not everybody, but many people participate in the downfall of humanity because there are some monsters that's in control of everything or think they're in control of everything. But the time is here where truth is on the scene, but we have to expose what's really going on. I land my plane on that one, Salty. So thank you, Icon, for that. We have three messages. Mm-hmm. Peace to the panel, peace to the panel, peace to the panel. Hey, Salty Coffee, Icon, man, love you. I know what time it is. I'm sorry I took you so late. I know I'm going on, brother. But um, it's a very serious topic. touching on this man um yeah i'm saying i caught the back end but um that's what playback is for so uh man love i'm out to you absolutely salute i'm gonna respond to alien we're gonna give Go him d batteries for his smoke detector <laughs> <laughs> i know i had that i think it has to do a lot with fear i mean the fear that fear of everything right like there's so much that um that people fear so um i think fear drives a lot of people to these institutions fear of being alone uh fear of losing your job fear of um getting covid fear of this fear of that i mean so much so much um fear of not getting um as many followers as you need uh yeah it's just freaking nuts um yeah literally um but yeah keep it going guys thank you for this talk um uh, my time's running out soon i wanted to say something else but um i'll keep it for the next message okay also i'm sick and tired of being a project i mean uh mm -hmm. schools are asylums too i mean absolutely insane for real. Um, yeah, I thought about that once, um, but didn't want to come to the reality that it can be true uh, because I busted my ass in school. So, um, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I hate being a project. Work. I like this reason. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before I close it down, I want to, I hope people can see this. So if, if you can, please visit Icon's website and you're going to just click on watch now. Um, I'm going to play a, a small little video and I want you to look at the video. It's a 10 minute video and it talks about um, the current um, average day in an insane asylum. And I want you to focus on the video of what they're not telling you, you know, like, and does it remind you of anything? So if you're on stereo and you can just listen, um, try to listen because the visual is always great. You know, you can actually see what's going on. But um, if you do have uh, somewhere else where you can log in to Icon's page, uh, theicon6.com, and you go to the live streaming, you'll see it right there. You, all you have to do, you don't have to subscribe to Twitch or anything. You could just click on watch now and you'll be able to see it. 
for those of you on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, um, you'll be able to see the, the video. I'm going to share it now with you. So give me one second. Wake up at the crack of dawn. A few hours earlier than you. You wake up at the crack of dawn. A few hours earlier than you really need to. Your bed isn't helping. It's small, if not completely uncomfortable. And there isn't much room to toss and turn. You can hear noises around you. The staff getting ready for the day's work. And the sun is peeking through the curtains. It's looking like a lovely day outside, but you're not likely to be spending much time outside. You're in a mental hospital, and the usual day's routine is about to begin. You should probably get some rest while you can. Life here is strictly regimented. Your first taste of this structure comes as it's time to get up. At the same time, every day, usually 7 a.m., you hear a knock at your door. This is one of the staff doing morning checks. They want to make sure that all the residents are okay after the night, and this is usually accompanied by a warning that breakfast will be served in half an hour. Mealtimes are usually carefully structured, and everyone who has the freedom to wander the facility will have to be in the cafeteria at the right time to ensure they don't miss the most important meal of the day. So what's the menu like in a mental facility? In a word, simple. Think of your old school lunchroom or the cafeteria in an office building. You can have something as simple as a bowl of cereal with milk, or many facilities will offer diner-style breakfast options like pancakes and eggs. How good the food will be varies by facility, but there will usually be daily specials, so something to look forward to on your favorite day of the week. But this isn't just any cafeteria. The staff knows the patients well, and any foods or drinks that might interact negatively with the medication will be kept away from residents who could be impacted negatively. So some might have to go without that morning cup of coffee. That's not the only area where residents' food habits may be supervised. It's common for residents to have one-on-one -on -one supervision after mealtimes. This is for a number of reasons. Some might have eating disorders that would lead them to try to purge their meal after eating it. Others who are on medication need to be supervised so they take their pills with food. Others might be supervised to make sure they don't pocket any supplies, like utensils, that could be used for dangerous purposes back in the room. There are many reasons someone could wind up in a mental health facility, and they might warrant different levels of security. Some check in voluntarily for treatment. This is common when someone's struggling with an eating disorder or substance abuse disorder, although private rehab facilities also exist and offer a more luxurious environment to go cold turkey. But you're not a reality TV star on their third rehab stint. People who are struggling with mental illness like depression and worry that they could be a danger to themselves or others could also turn themselves in for treatment. Although once you sign the papers to commit yourself voluntarily, you're usually agreeing that you put it in the doctor's hands to determine when you're released. Of course, most residents are not in this facility voluntarily. Most people who find themselves in a mental health hospital are committed involuntarily. The most common method is when they're placed on a psychiatric hold, which can happen surprisingly easily. If someone contacts the police or social services believing the person is a danger to themselves or to others, it's pretty common to place the person on a 48 to 72 hour psych hold, which gives the doctors the chance to assess them. If the person passes all psychological tests and convinces the doctor they're not a risk if released, this could be little more than a strange and scary few days. But often the doctors recommend a longer stay when real issues are raised. And this can be trickier when someone is committed wrongly, but is angry and terrified when questioned. But some residents are there for a more serious reason. Treatment in a mental health facility can be ordered by a court either at the conclusion of or as an alternative to a criminal trial. Famously, the lead of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest convinced the judge that he was too crazy to stay in trial and got more than he bargained for. But it's common for a defendant who's found not competent to stay in trial to be referred to a nearby mental health facility. 
And in more serious cases, defendants can be found not guilty by reason of insanity or arrange plea deals based on mental instability, as happened to the shooter in the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan and the teen culprits in the notorious Slenderman stabbing. Both were sentenced to extended stays in high-security mental health facilities. So the residents of a mental health facility can be a varied bunch, and you're about to spend some time with most of them. As a resident, you're likely to spend much of your time in various therapy sessions, starting with a community group. This is where all the residents meet with the doctors and do some sharing and discussion with each other. You'll be reminded of the rules of the facility, which govern what you can have in your room, when you can use the phone and other electronics, and how to interact with fellow residents. People air their grievances, and the staff does their best to mediate. New residents will be encouraged to share things about themselves and set goals for themselves. Now it's time for some one-on-one -on -one time. The doctors at the facility will usually meet with the patients independently to check on their case, either in the patient's room or in the doctor's office. This is so they can determine how the patient's medicine regimen is interacting with their mind. The human mind is a tricky thing, and changes in biochemistry can have unpredictable results. The doctors won't hesitate to take patients off one medication or increase the dose of another to alleviate symptoms and hopefully speed up recovery or at least equilibrium. Of course, not all cases are stable. Hope you haven't been counting on a relaxed time. Many patients have unpredictable disorders like schizophrenia that make them see things that aren't there or become convinced that they're in danger. It's not uncommon to hear screams or sounds of people punching walls or trying to break things. While the facility tries to respect its patient's autonomy as much as possible, they're ready to sedate and restrain people when needed to protect both themselves and others. But for those who are more stable, this is a time for a little relaxation on a busy day. Residents can usually spend their free time reading or playing games in the common room. It's not uncommon for residents to form friendships among their fellow patients, although there are some rules to follow, including no touching and no being alone in each other's rooms in most situations. But it won't be long before you're reminded of why you're here. One of the most important parts of life in a mental hospital is process group. This is where you meet with your social workers and tackle direct ways to handle your specific mental health issues. This is usually a small group where people who have similar struggles, depression, addiction, etc., can compare notes. The social workers lead residents through exercises to teach them coping mechanisms to minimize the impact of negative thoughts and other challenges. These groups can get emotional, and it's not uncommon to see an outburst, but the social workers know how to bring things back to focus. Next, it's on to lunchtime but nothing in this facility is irrelevant to treatment. Lunch is usually simple foods like pizza, sandwiches, or salads. While many patients can just eat with little supervision, any patient there with eating disorders will be monitored far more closely. They might even have a point system assigned, which will track their diet and may set back their release if the doctors feel they're not making progress. And of course, any patient who has to take medication with lunch will be monitored. The rest of the day isn't any less busy than the morning. After lunch, there might be different kinds of therapy, including recreational therapy, which could be as simple as watching a movie with a group while your behavior in a semi-normal setting is monitored. There might be education groups where you're taught how to manage your condition once you're hopefully released in short order. And to whet your appetite for the day, there's an added bonus, visitation hour, where you can see the people you love on the outside in a safe and controlled setting. And it's not as strict as prison visiting hours, but you'll still likely be monitored closely. Life in a mental health hospital is usually pretty predictable and boring, but it wasn't always that way. Go back a few hundred years, and mental health hospitals are a very different place. Often called the less politically correct insane asylum or lunatic asylum, they were really more a place for containment of the disturbed than anything else. Treatment was basic and often involved heavy restraints, and psychiatric medication was only in its beginning stages. 
While some early reports of asylum in places like Cairo had surprisingly modern innovations like music therapy, institutions were a far cry from what they are today. And the reasons people wound up in them were different as well. With psychiatric science far from its current developed stage, it was easy to get sent to the nuthouse for behaving erratically in public or other social crimes. It was also not uncommon for family members to have their own kin committed because they were acting in ways they determined to embarrass the family. Often women who were acting too independent or members of the LGBT community who were stepping out of the closet. And while treatment advanced in the 19th and 20th century, sometimes those new advances were equally barbaric, including electroshock therapy and even lobotomies to surgically alter the patient's personality to make them more compliant. So do any of these barbaric institutions still exist? While some treatments like electroconvulsive therapy do still exist, they are carefully regulated in most countries and will only be undertaken as a short-term solution if evidence shows that the patient could benefit from it and they consent. Even with the most high-risk residents, like the criminally insane, the focus will be on managing their conditions with medication and giving them a higher degree of autonomy. There was controversy when attempted assassin John Hinckley Jr., who had nearly killed President Reagan, was allowed to be released from his mental hospital in 2016 to live at his mother's home with strict conditions. While many people felt an attempted assassin should remain incarcerated, he wasn't in prison. He was in a mental health hospital, and they felt he was no longer a threat to himself or others. But for you, there's still some work to be done, starting with nighttime. Dinner is similar to the other meals of the day, but with heartier options. You usually get a stew with meat and starch and some vegetable sides. Afterward, there will be some time to socialize and unwind, and then it's time for closure group. This is where you'll review the day and discuss any goals you set. This can be stressful for some if they didn't reach their goals, but the social workers will be quick to redirect people to look on the positive side and look ahead to the next day. There's just one more piece of business to take care of. Before bed, everyone has to line up for their nightly medication. While not everyone takes medication throughout the day, it's likely that everyone will be taking at least one thing before bed, often to help with sleep. And speaking of sleep, it's tightly regulated like everything else. The facility has a strict lights out time to ensure everyone has enough time for a full night's sleep because tomorrow the whole routine begins again and it'll be just like the previous day, right? Well, not exactly. Every day has some wild cards. Routines will vary. Some patients will leave and new patients will come in. Some days are relaxing. Other days are chaotic. But a functioning mental health hospital has one goal, to prepare its residents for the day they walk out that door, better able to manage their condition and be a healthy and productive member of society. For more on life in an asylum, check out Journalist Goes Undercover at Insane Asylum and Becomes Prisoner. Or watch the world's craziest ER stories for what goes on at a different kind of hospital. You wake up at... So, I don't know, that just reminded me of my life. <laughs> I wake up at 7, well, I go to work. <laughs> I talk to Icon yeah. every day on the phone for some little therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and vice versa. Because what you did describe as your life in that in that way, that that is life for a lot of people. And it, and it, it, the whole time I'm listening and looking at this video, right, mm -hmm. I'm saying to myself, "That's prison." Right. Every every inch of what they've done, the mission statement, and the thing that they say that they're supposed to be doing, that is prison. Mm -hmm. I live I lived and watched this this construct for twenty eight plus years of my life, and then now that I'm out here with what I'm understanding, salty, and then everybody in the foundation, 
we we still living up under that same format, even though we think we're free. We really not. Well, well I, to- I told you that. <laughs> and, many, and many people are imprisoned in their own minds and don't understand why things are like they are. Even when you make a small measure of success through your uh, uh, academics, you know, when you go to school or through the, the owning of businesses or working, you still feel trapped. You still feel controlled. You still feel like you don't have a say-so. You still feel like, you know, you, you, you got to move off of somebody else's direction according to their laws, the way it's constructed. You have to be mindful. You got to be always watchful of the predatorial things that's going on, the criminal things that's going on, those who are abusive of abusing power. We're literally up under this format, this construct, this corporate structure called America. We're in prison. We are in one big insane asylum. And they got free reign. Free reign. To compartmentalize prison institution, a sane asylum institution, your home. Every house in America is just another cell of a, of a prison. Look at what goes on in the houses, in the homes of people. Some people are able to cover up what goes on in their house, meaning they don't put a, they don't air out their dirty laundry. Some people put it all over social media. We live in our community, so we see what's happening. Yeah, we are in, we are in, in why? What drives us to have these forms of these varying degrees of mental issues? Where's all this coming from? And why can't we get past, why can't many get past it? Why eyes are not being opened? Why time is not being sacrificed to learn, to examine what really matters? Why are, why is there so much, uh, accessibility to what we call fun. Look at some of the things that we call fun or a good time. Really, we are in one big insane asylum, one big prison, however you want to look at it. And in some form or fashion, from from many different angles, we are being controlled, manipulated, and, and, and ushered along. And it happens generation after generation after generation after generation. Wow. Go ahead, Salt. Thank you for that. We have a message. You're good? You okay? Yes, yes. Okay. It's amazing. Uh, this almost sounds like my first day of um, kindergarten. Yeah. Almost. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. And it's yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's a head start to be that's how you function. Like this is how you are programmed. This is how you are indoctrinated. This is how what we call every day the social construct of the United States. Listen to that, Salty. Head start. Head start, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Start well at your head. Mm-hmm. Head start. Start. Head. 
if it's like when you programming something and you don't program what you got in there and then you hit hit the start button <laughs> that's what they that's what that's what's had has happened to us in the kindergarten the killing fields mm -hmm. ideals that were formulated hundreds and maybe thousands of years ago that's just been recycling itself and recycling itself through all of these so-called innovations, the advancement of technology, which there is nothing new under the sun. If it's being done now, it was being done yesterday, too. Absolutely. Okay. It's always been architects and genius and master, uh, master supreme mathematics scientists and whatnot that understood the geometries of a lot of different things. But those who understood how to take it and use it from a wicked disposition, to create negative programming that will make you go against nature. Nature. Real nature. Not man-made, but most high-made or what we describe as most high, however you might call it. The truth that called everything into existence. Right? There are laws that govern the natural. And those wickedly wise ones that understood these precepts and concepts to get people disconnected because you can't take a natural-minded person that understands something, understand the truth about something, and tell them anything. They're not going to go for it. When you are raised in your conscious level and you begin to see the tricks and the snares of this world, they can't just tell you anything. Because you're going you're gonna to ask questions because you, you know you have the right to ask questions. You will become... Uh, 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 aggravator to them. You now, you too smart. You see what's happening. You know Santa Claus really don't exist. You're not gonna participate in no Thanksgiving because of how because of how it affected the whole segment of of our human family during them times of cowboys and Indians and all that kind of stuff like that. There, you definitely ain't gonna you definitely ain't gonna be doing nothing with Big Bird them. Nowhere could them Muppets being controlled by real people. So conscious-minded people, you can't tell them anything. And conscious-minded people is subject to put to expose you. There's a fear in that. And if more people was, if 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 seventy percent of the people right now was conscious enough, things in this world would change immediately. Immediately. So there's a big push in a lot of money, fiat, or the idea of it being pushed every day in the trillions of dollars to do what? Use their propaganda machines to do what? Promote idealisms that keep us further from the truth, further from the natural order of things, and trapped in this false illusion that we live in the life. Not living no life. We're existing in the real life matrix. And we're looking at other people and thinking other people crazy when in fact we should be looking at ourselves because we all fall up under the same construct. If you left another construct from another country and you came to America or you was brought to America, you're going to get this construct. You're going to get this idealism. You're going to get all the things that you need to get from head start when they start with your head of their information. That leads to all kind of unnatural things. Yeah. A big old melting pot. A bird, a, a foul bird of every creature in this big old cage. This society, this project, this slum, 
this prison that we call home. Go ahead, Salty. Well, thank you so much, Icon, for being, again, uh, the passionate person that you are to share your life, your story. One of the things that, that attracted me to you was the conversation that we had about how you were in prison for 28 years and I was imprisoned in my mind for 32 <laughs> so far. And, and we did our pros and cons of how we connected and, and we were agreed that we are not really free when, even when we are in prison or outside of prison. Um, so uh -huh. I think it was important for, for us to connect the asylum part and that social construct um, because the university that I worked for was founded in 1754 and the majority of the, um, I guess what you want to call the medical field or the science did originate from England. It's Eurocentric. So, of course, you know, everything expanded, continues to expand. And I'm just glad that we have uh, people who understand um, what we're trying to do. Um, we're not trying to hurt anyone. We're not trying to divide. We're actually trying to help people search for the things that they don't see or, or that they're not being told. And we trying to help people understand that once you identify the positive programming, you're, you're able to live a healthy life, you know? Um, and with the talks that we're going to have, when identifying the negative programming, we're, we're going to try to help people to learn how to identify it know the truth of it and the lies and the power that you have within your own mind to do better, you know, for your community, for your grandchildren, for your family. But I want to thank everybody who attended on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And I want to thank those who are here on Stereo App. And um, may you all have a great week. And you know, look around and just ask yourself, why am I where I'm at right now? What is my purpose? And and work on it. And one more thing too, dad, to that salty. As you're looking around, ask yourself, in in everything that you're seeing within the people, right, in the communities, is what you're seeing a benefit and a help to a group of individuals or a detriment. And if you can see a benefit, who controls the benefit? If you can see the detriment, what's con what's sustaining these ideas that cause the detriment? Who are the key players? Who hold the cards? Right? Who's directing the thoughts? Am I part of it? Do I have control over my own mind? Am I participating? Ask all of these things as you begin to look at the world. And then think of it in negative and, and, and positive programming. If you see somebody doing a kind act, helping an old lady cross the street, right? Helping save somebody cat out of a tree. Helping save another human being from getting hit by a car. That's a person that's 
that's, that's, that's upon the construct and natural way, they felt something positive and something to help sustain life <laughs> in those instances that I just named. We got to be able to start seeing this stuff as we're going throughout the day and stop letting other things distract us. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of distractions and worries and stresses that we have to look at every day up under this camera that cause us to not pay attention to what those who behind the scenes doing a lot of the times too. That's creating the madness in the first place. Just think about those things. Peace. Before you leave, I want to make sure that everybody visits Icon's new website. I'm excited and happy for him. He got his website. Woohoo! We thank uh, Dr. Conf. You did an excellent job there. Again, that's www.theicon6.com. Uh, come through. You'll see all my work on the podcast there. Also, visit www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. Um, so that you can continue to see the marathon that she's on, uh, the work that she's doing that's documented uh, from this aspect of advocacy for women in, uh, in particular, but all people who can grasp and understand the understanding of what it takes to properly respect our women, uh, that we can also understand the in our masculinity as men, because I'm about to get this thing jumped off Alien Priest. I think I'm going to get one more brother to ride with me. Uh, I'm going to be calling on you soon so we can formulate the brotherhood and we need to get the COTGs active, the circle of the gods also in through this work. So I've just been kind of taking my time and trying to bet a few people, a few brothers uh, that I've seen here and there that I know that's on a certain type of level um, to push forward with and to be able to continue to learn from and we utilize each other to to say to our women and say to our children that we we still exist, we still here, and we still ready to go. So, you know, um, sometimes I may not be around a brother alien or, or a TT like on stereo like like I used to be, but I'm doing stuff in other sectors trying to trying to uh, trying to grow some things. Um, and again, salute to Sony Coffee, uh, one of the most slept on women that I know in these stereo streets. Um, uh, I'm just saying she's a woman of, of impeccable uh, uh, understanding, very resourceful, always willing to help. And that's why my website right now with the launch has been done very professionally because she took the care through her knowledge to make sure it got set up right. So salute to that. When you said um, Salty Coffee hasn't slept on, I was, I, I had to like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you meant something no. else. <laughs> but thank you so much. And everyone, Caramella, yeah. how are you? Welcome. And we're just about to leave. <laughs> um, yeah. Please make sure you come to the replay. Um, and come visit us wherever you find us. And for whatever reason, I, I live the life of everything is subject to change. In the event that Icon or Stereo closes tomorrow. I'm just saying, everything is subject to change, correct? You can always find us everywhere else. So one place you will definitely find us, at least for the next five years, would be on our website. So please make sure you uh, mark it down, put it on your bookmark, um, because we, we all know everything is subject to change. We never know. 
this app is not owned by the United States. It's owned by uh, England, I guess, the UK. So the UK? keep that in mind. Mm. I have no. a, mm -hmm. You have something more? Go ahead. No, I, really, I don't have anything. Okay. Well, good night, everyone. TT, Life is the 360, A. Leon, and Caramello. Thank you so much. And for those of you, Shonda on uh, YouTube. Oh, wait, we have a comment on. I checked it out. Love the color. <laughs> she loves your your website. She loves the colors. Thank you, uh, Shonda. Oh, that's Shonda. Yeah, that's Shonda, our daughter. Hola, hola. <laughs> Thank you. Our Spanish uh, student. I know we don't speak, uh, we don't have Spanish classes, but eventually we'll dig in there. This for us is more important and um, more um, urgent to do. Mm -hmm. Have a good night. Oh, beautiful. All right, salute to y'all. Y'all be safe. For those of you on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, please stay tuned because I will be playing some um, ads um, from the Salty Coffee, from the Icon, and from Bamblish. Uh, because this episode has been brought to you by Bamblish. Hey, one the chamber. Bye. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> Hasta la luego, mi familia. <laughs> Hasta luego. Buenas noches. <laughs> hablamos, hablamos tu mañana. <laughs> okay, hablamos ahorita. <laughs> Bye. All right, y'all. Salute. All right, peace, y'all.
all of us, and this is just my opinion of, of when I say all of us, those that come up under the master's hand, meaning we become dependent on a system that has been formulated. I said, damn, man, we've been domesticated. It's, it's, hardly, it's hardly ever a time where we want to go out, right, and utilize the natural earth that was put here for us to serve us, right, and go into it and take what we need. I'm staying in bed thinking back on us and everything that went wrong. Never said goodbye, think I broke your trust, should have known this all along. Don't want to be the one that you're trying to avoid. I'm feeling so confused, why did I act so annoyed? Cause I don't want to be strangers, baby. The next time when we
Have a good night.